Hello, this is TJ Lane, along with Brandon Stagall. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Four Wide Salute podcast. On this edition, uh, we're going to have our first one talking about the NTT Data IndyCar Series. And uh, Brandon, uh, just like with the, with, with the Sprint cars and the Lucas Oil Late Models and some of the Dirt Series, the IndyCar Series is seeing quite a bit of growth. Yeah, we're seeing car counts uh, grow to, you know, low to mid-20s for their, uh, let's call them regular shows, anything outside the Indianapolis 500, and listening to, you know, different uh, speculators and commentators, we could expect uh, 38 to 40 cars for the Indy 500. What What do you think are some of the things that have led to the to the growth of the series? As far as the uh, the car counts, I think one of the things that you could look right at is the spec chassis. Uh, everybody runs a Delarla, and there's only two options for an engine, and it's a Chevy supplied power plant or a Honda supplied power plant. And basically, anybody that can afford a chassis, and if Chevy and Honda have enough engines that they can sell one, you're able to put together a team for at least the 500. I saw a, a comment from Roger Penske, and on that he said that to run an IndyCar team, it costs about $10 million for a year. To run a NASCAR Cup team, it costs $30 million, so three times the cost to compete in, in the Cup Series. And that's one thing that uh, that's one thing that Roger was saying is that with, with NASCAR, it would, it would be good for them to, to try to get to, to something more sustainable with the – you know, you know, with like what the IndyCar series is doing. So I, I'd have to agree with you 100% on that. You know, I know there's a lot of uh, varying um, uh, different opinions on on the on the spec racing part of it. But there, there's no doubt that what they're doing is working. They're, they're getting costs down and they're they're getting new teams coming in the sport. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's it's kind of the exact opposite model away from what the NASCAR is currently doing is. In IndyCar, you've got the spec chassis, and then the teams develop the individual components, you know, the shocks and some of the suspension. And that's where you have some of, you know, where Roger Penske's team is still Penske, and then some of the upstart teams, you know, they're not as competitive, but, but they can they can hang pretty close, especially on the ovals. But, you know, it's, it's where NASCAR is... These teams are now building their chassis and everything in-house. And then NASCAR, the sanctioning body, has a few components that they spec out, like the rear spoilers. Uh, so with the, with the stuff that they're doing with the cost, I, I, I think uh, that that's, that's definitely that's, that's what's helping grow their, grow their car counts. And, um, you know, that's something that, that, that with any racing series, that that's, that's, a, you know, that's a major positive when you, can, when you can get new teams coming in in the sport. But... Uh, you know, I think one thing that they're also growing is with the with the fan interest, and 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 I'll just say one thing I think that's helping them with that is whereas with NASCAR, you know, they're having kind of a lot of turnover with with drivers. Some of their most popular drivers, uh, you know, they're out of the sport now, and the, these young drivers are still trying to prove themselves. Whereas with IndyCar, you know, they they've got guys that that have been there for for a long time, and they're they're, they're staying there. And they've got, you know, their new guys coming up, such as, uh, you know, Joseph Newgarden. I mean, look what, you know, look what he's already done in, in a pretty short career. Absolutely. It's at, at this point, there are a lot of veteran IndyCar drivers where 
not so long ago, it seemed like a, you know, it, it was a fresh face every year, but now you've got, you know, Tony Kanaan still in the series and Will Power and Scott Dixon. And then you have some exciting rookies from, you know, that people in that part of the sport know, like Rawson Quest. When he was announced for Jip Ganassi last year, I had no idea who he was. And I posted the question on Twitter and I got all this feedback from different people about how good he was and where he came from. And there's that, you know, people recognized who he was, even though that wasn't necessarily inside my sphere. That's what it seems like with, with how they're bringing the drivers up in IndyCar is, is, is like you said, even though they're, they're bringing guys that, that maybe are not as well-known over here, you know, they've got, they've got a, a good background um, in some of the international series. But, it, you know, it seems like that the IndyCar is not making the mistake that NASCAR is doing, as in bringing drivers up too fast. It seems like that uh, by the time guys get up to the IndyCar series, you know, they've got quite a bit of experience in, in different series, and they've already, you know, you know, kind of made a name for themselves. I don't want to oversell that point because, as in every aspect of auto racing, somebody with a big enough checkbook can still buy a ride. And there's these guys that show up with only a year of indie lights or something. But in these top teams, you're not seeing as much as that ride buying as I think maybe you have in the past in IndyCar or even kind of where NASCAR is. You're, you're getting those names like Rosenquist and Chip Ganassi's car instead of Charlie Kimball, for, for instance, which is maybe a overly harsh on Charlie, but we know that you know he brought his backing and helped get him that ride. One more aspect to talk about with with how that you know that that I think's made a difference with the, with them growing their fan base is I, I think that that they've uh, that they've done a, a really good job. This is something that you and I've talked about before. Uh, is is that they they've beat NASCAR for years now on uh, with with their digital media and with their with their use of social media. You know, um, of course, it just changed this year where, with the NBC Gold Pass, but they used to have it. You could go on their Facebook page, you could watch every practice session, you could watch. Uh, you can watch qualifying live on there. You can watch all the all the support class races, and I I I just I feel like that that that's something that they really beat NASCAR on um, is is their use of the social media. And that's an interesting point because there's no doubt that they were well ahead of NASCAR and and any other major series I can think of in the United States with utilizing that the YouTube for for the practices, qualifying, support divisions. But they also would live stream early season test sessions at Phoenix last year and uh, Texas. So they made sure that they got their product out there and stream at least they could create some kind of buzz about the sport, even though there weren't races going on immediately. And I think they, I think that really helped them when Fernando ran the Indy 500 a couple years ago because they were able to just roll right into you know, Fernando Mania, if you will, with showing off his test sessions at Indy. He might have done one at Texas. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but they were ready to roll in that and take advantage of that momentum of having a three time Formula One champion, I think, two or three time world champion come over and run the Indy five hundred instead of Monaco. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's great all the stuff that they had there with, you know, like I said, with all the practice coverage, the qualifying test sessions, the court classes, you know, it was great what they do with the racing part. But I think 
you know, I think also what they've, you know, what they've done with it, and it's it's what they did with, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, with having Fernando Alonso on there, is they they've really done a good job with their social media and, and putting content on there that, that that gets you to help to know these drivers. I think they've done a a really good job of of kind of build, you know, you know, building superstars out of these guys. I mean, with, with a lot of these guys, you know, they they were already superstars, but I think they just made a, uh, you know, they just done a good job of 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 making. Um, you know, them kind of connect with, you know, with the fans, with, with, with different stuff that they put on there. I feel like something they've been very successful at and, and beat a lot of people to the punch was energizing their base. They had Absolutely. a loyal base. And with the streaming and getting Fernando, with the car counts increasing, they're building up this hype machine within their base. And when your base is energized, the outside world has to start looking at you. And I feel like that's what happened with the World of Outlaws last year when they did every race live. But I think that I think that we're seeing a pattern with that. I think I think something else too is is they've had a, a great media partner with NBC Sports. Uh, I think it's huge for the series that they've signed them to be the you know the you know the sole uh, TV. Um, with the with, you know with the series, I, I think that that's been something that's been huge for them. Um, it, it just seems like that you know with with ESPN and ABC when they had that contract with them, it's like that you know IndyCar wasn't something that was important to them. I mean, they didn't really put no, no extra effort into it. Maybe you know besides the Indy 500, but with uh, with the NBC Sports deal, it seemed like that they they really kind of you know took a hold of IndyCar and they've added a ton of promotion to it. And you know they've got a Big base and you know, with, with stick and ball, I feel like um, with the with the uh, with the National Hockey League when they got on with with, with NBC, they've done the same thing to them. They've kind of brought them out of the rut they were in. And I think NBC's done a great job of helping the IndyCar series with that, and I think NASCAR can only hope that that helps them as well. I want to pump the brakes on that just a little bit because we we went to talking about how they utilize their social media and YouTube and streaming to NBC. And there's that initial attention grab that I feel like was good. But now they have lost their rights to streaming. And now it's going to be NBC Gold where it's going to be a pay adder. And then in in uh, Canada and across the world, there's not that NBC Gold package available. And there's not even an NBC package available. It's in each country they've had to negotiate differently. So now... Canada has to pay as much as $200 a year to be able to watch IndyCar. So oh, wow. in the States, there's that initial excitement, but now as reality sits in, I feel like that plateaus a little bit and we've got to see how NBC really takes hold of this in the early races leading up to the Indy 500 to, to see what direction that's going to go. And if they need a year or two to actually build that relationship to where we hope it will be. I, I would have to agree with you. Uh, with with I, I think it's bad that they did away with the streaming, and now that you know NBC has this pay package where uh, you you know you have to pay to watch all the qualifying practice support classes. You know, I, I think that's a I think that's a bad thing. I think it's uh, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's somewhere around fifty, sixty bucks a year. It could could be more, and you know that's that's a lot of money for somebody to pay just just to get to watch practice sessions and stuff. So. Uh, I, I think that's something that, that that could hurt there, but 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 I do think if if you take that aside and, and you look at the coverage that, that they put into the races, I think 
uh, you know, I think the race coverage is just is just top notch for the series. There's no doubt that NBC had the better race coverage. Uh, I think we're hopeful that that will continue and that IndyCar for their international market, particularly Canada, are able to in the future make better negotiations because Canada in particularly is a huge market for IndyCar with the Canadian drivers and one or two Canadian rounds of the championship. Yes, and that, that's something that they probably need to look, look, you know, to look at growing too is their international base because you know, you know, like you say, Canada, that's always been a, been a big thing for IndyCar. So that's something that they definitely don't want to don't want to leave behind. Yeah, they they just need to not alienate anybody. And with the things that I've I've seen, there may have been a couple of missteps there. So I think you've got to in the next couple of years, you got to try to mend those and make some big, better negotiations. However, in the States with the NBC, outside of losing the free streaming and practice qualifying support classes for the States, it seems to be positive, but we, we got to wait to see how big of a positive it is. Is it, uh, is it a godsend or was it, you know, just another step in the ladder? I think that leads us to our, our next thing here is uh, so so we've seen the series grow. So so what do you think that that some more things that the series needs to do to be able to grow even more and and, and reach even higher heights? That's that's a really good question. Personally, I'm biased to oval track racing. I feel like the series has gone too far away from Indianapolis being an oval track. I'd like to see more represented. I'd like to see them go back to Michigan, come back to Kentucky, maybe find a, you know, work out a deal to make Milwaukee happen again. Um, They're running a super late model race at the Milwaukee Mile this year. I'd like to see IndyCar be able to come back just so we have that representation. However, at the same time, those aren't historically their best selling and best viewed races. So that leaves me conflicted. I, I would agree with you 120% on that. That's that's my biggest gripe with the series. It's become a lot more of a, of a road course series. I, it, I could be wrong on this, but I think this year they've only got five oval races, and that's that's not good, especially for a series that was for several years 100% ovals. Um, I, I think they're kind of getting away from that for sure, and, and I, I think that they would love to be at a lot of these oval races. It's just, you know, for some reason they're just not able to – to draw in the crowds at these oval tracks that they can draw in on the street courses and the, and the, and the road courses, which, which that's a shame. And that's kind of a, kind of a great mystery why the, you know, why the road courses can, can draw so much and the racing is just not near as good there as what it is on the oval tracks. So, but you know, with the, as a series gains popularity, I mean, maybe that's something that, uh, you know, they can add some of these oval races and um, that, uh, you know, that can, that can help grow things even more. I think everyone's hopeful that some of these ovals is the fan base is energized, new people come in that maybe we can support some of those events, uh, especially Michigan. I think that one particularly would be exciting. I know I would be up to drive to Michigan for an IndyCar race, but speaking on kind of how the IRL started after the split on all oval track, I think something else we're missing is short track drivers getting into IndyCar and some people preach that that day is just gone but you look at Brian Clawson who came to Indy as a rookie and was lightning fast until he had a little messed up and spun out and got himself in the fence and it kind of 
wrecked his confidence, and he was kind of off for the rest of that month of May. But then he comes back two more times, qualifies for the 500 respectfully, even though there were only 33 cars. I think we're looking for more of that, and I think there's a lot of people hoping that Chris Wyndham will be in the Indy 500 in 2021. That that's something that could really really take them to the next level. That's a, that's an excellent point that you brought up there, Brandon. Um, if, if they could get some of these sprint car, uh, you know, short track aces to get back in these cars, I think that would that would energize their fan base so so much. And uh, to to to, to kind of stay with that, but to go to a different topic, I, I think maybe one thing that they could do that that could help with that is is I think. They, I, I still think they need to keep looking at some stuff with the safety aspect. You know, we saw what happened to Wickens at, at, at Pocono last year. And I, I and to me, that's where I'm conflicted with them going to ovals some, especially the high-speed ones, is I think they they still maybe need to look to do just a little bit more to, to, to make the driver safer because I think that's maybe a point with why some of these short track stars don't go there. Of course, you know, it's not as much money as NASCAR, but I think it's also the, the with the safety aspect because – you know, there's a there's a big difference between getting put in the wall at Pocono in an Indy car and then in a in a, in a NASCAR Cup car. Well, I, I think a lot of the reason is opportunity for why the short track drivers don't end up in Indy cars because there is that stigma that that day and time has passed. Although there are a few exceptions that pop up that prove that's not necessarily true, like Tony Stewart or Brian Clawson. But to touch on your point of safety, I know the Indy car they're working on the windscreen which just took a bit of a backseat to a new device that will debut at the Indy 500, which is a one-eighth of a Formula One halo, if you will, as it's a deflector up in front of the driver that looks like the front part of the halo, but it's much shorter and is supposed to deflect debris. Uh, I think there's a lot of skepticism to how well that's actually going to work. Uh, there's talk that maybe that's, a lawyer thing to show, hey, we're, we're doing something on the grounds of safety. And when it comes to a, a crash like Wickens, I'm not sure there's a lot that can be done outside of just doing a lot of testing with catch fences and seeing what can be done as a safer barrier to run into, frankly. Something like with the safer barrier, we figured out running into concrete walls isn't very smart. Now, we maybe need to figure out that these cast finches aren't very smart and figure out something better that could help IndyCar, NASCAR, anything that runs on a big track. I, I don't think there's any doubt that with IndyCars, that you're, you're never, ever, ever going to have them as safe as, as what, a, what a NASCAR car is. They're, they're always going to be dangerous just, just, just because of what they are. It's, it's an open-wheel car. Um, it's, just, it's always going to be dangerous, but, it, but I think – that uh, that that was safety. That that's something that you know that that always has to be looked upon to try to you know you know to try to keep improving on. Because um, as somebody who's who's watched IndyCar since since I was a kid, and I know you, I know that you have too, Braden. There's just uh, uh, the, 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 there's just nothing that that's that's more heartbreaking than 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 watching some of these races that we watched and see somebody lose their life. You know you know you know lose their life right right in front of your eyes. Absolutely, so safety is always a moving target, and you always want to be moving with it. But to paraphrase from Ken Schrader, they give you a fireproof suit, a helmet, a six-page, uh, six-point uh, harness, and they're telling you to go 230 mile an hour in an Indy car. There's a good chance something bad could happen. Yes, that's just that's just racing. That's just the that's just the way it is. But, uh... 
I think the I think the close kind of kind of my last thing um, with looking on what they can improve on. Uh, they they've got pretty good racing, but but I still think there's room for improvement in, in the quality of racing with, with with the series. I think where it's just uh, uh, they've got so much downforce on the cars. I think passing can can be pretty difficult at times. Uh, you know we've seen them uh, with with some of the road courses. It's it's really difficult to pass. Which those are difficult to pass anyways. But um, I, I think with the amount of downforce on the cars, it, it, it makes it harder to pass. And then. You know, we've seen them on, on some of the short ovals, which would be great for the series as far as safety-wise goes, like at Phoenix, but you just don't see good racing because the cars are just, just so much downforce. It's just they, just they just can't pass. That's a very good point. And, and a, a similar point to that is if they were to give the cars more horsepower so that you could drive through that arrowway, and I've read to where that's something where they are considering – adding more power. They're also looking at taking some arrow away. If you were to match those two things, especially on the road courses, if the drivers have more power than they can stand and they have to wheel them and they can drive through the, uh, through the arrow weight and that there's not as much weight there as there currently is. I think you could see more excitement on particularly the road courses. I think the ovals are their own challenge as we've seen them last year. They took away, Lots of downforce and changed how the downforce was made in the cars, and the racing really suffered for it. So it's it's going to be a work in progress always, but I'm hopeful with the things I read and hear about, and maybe in a few years, IndyCar will be the main thing that you want to watch on a Sunday afternoon. They, they, they've definitely still got a ways to go to catch up to NASCAR, but but I I don't think there's any doubt that that the IndyCar series it's moving it's moving in a in a in a very positive direction. Whereas NASCAR, I still think they're still trying to find themselves, I, and they're still trying to wait to maybe hit to hit rock bottom so they can maybe try to start making an upward trend. So I think uh, I think IndyCar is definitely in a in a really good spot. Um, you know, move, you know, moving forward, there's a lot of lot of excitement with with the series and. Uh, I know one thing, Brandon, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch them this year. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Four Wide Salute. Uh, we appreciate you listening in. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Four Wide underscore Salute. And until next time, guys.